2: of death and grief. Each week, I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way, whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to GriefCast.
1: Hold up? Hey
2: greeters, I hope you're having an okay week slash festive times, Christmas, holiday break. I hope it's nearly over because I don't know about you, it seems it seemed incredibly long this year and that was without a lockdown. Um, but yeah I'm sending you much love if it was tough or difficult or you're just relieved it's over or if January is your month and you feel like I haven't even finished it yet because now I've got to go through this sending you much much love thank you for all your lovely words about season 10 this is the continuation of season 10 we don't normally release episodes in January but I am releasing some now because I've mentioned it before my book is out January the 19th you are not alone if you haven't pre-ordered it yet and you're listening to this what's wrong with you you know you're going to buy it come on just pre-order it (laughs) It makes a huge difference to the first week of sales, which really helps the book get out to all the other shops and to other various media points. So really, really, if you have ever enjoyed this series or ever found it helpful, I would be so grateful if you could pre-order it. And a tiny bit of any other business. My book launch has moved. It has moved to January the 19th at Waterstones Piccadilly a far more easier venue to access. Um, so if you would like to come and see me and the incredible legends that is Fee Glover chatting about grief and death and everything in between, please head to Waterstones and get your ticket. Thank you. This week I'm so excited to be talking to the fabulous band The Staves. They are, oh, they're so good. They're just one of my favourite griefy music band. And I mean that in a nice way. I just feel like they hit that absolute midpoint of bittersweet and romantic and also sad and melancholy, which is my favourite type of music and reminds me of the Glue Ensemble, who are the band who do the music for this show. Um, The Staves are made up of three sisters, Emily, Jessica and Camilla. They're originally from Watford. Shout out to uh, my North London friends. And they've released uh, four albums, sold out the Barbican several times, toured with first aid kit they're amazing their latest album good woman is is a really beautiful beautiful album and it was written after the death of their mum partly um so there's a lot of tracks on there that i think griefers would really appreciate so yeah they did come in to talk to me about their mum jean who died in the summer of 2018 So I'm so excited to be joined today by the incredible band The Staves. I will let them introduce themselves so you can hear because there are three of them. (laughs) Hi, I'm Camilla. And I'm Emily. And I'm Jess. Amazing. Camilla, Emily and Jess. And who are we remembering today? Our mum.
3: We're remembering our mum today. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And what was her name? Her name was Jean. Jean. So how long ago did she die? It
3: was four years and a few months wasn't it? We had the fourth anniversary in June.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It sort of, it sounds like a long time if you haven't been through it yourself. Like I remember having friends who said, yeah, like, you know, so-and-so died four years ago and me thinking, oh, that was ages ago. But actually when you, (laughs) when it happens to you, Mm. it doesn't feel like very long at all.
0: Yeah. Time, time bends in such a strange way when that stuff happens because it, yeah on one hand it feels like a thousand years. then, on the other hand, it feels like it was just yesterday and it's still really fresh and I don't know, I'm supposed to be further along down the road of like recovering from grief or shock or whatever and I don't know yeah it it bends in a strange way,
2: yeah, and you're not you know i everybody everybody says that on the show and i i say years one to five uh, i have appointed myself to define <laughs> years one to five as still like fresh mm. like i think that's fresh and i completely relate to what you're saying emily of um if you haven't been through it you're like oh yeah four years if someone says oh, i haven't seen that person for four years it goes, you know like Mm. that was ages ago Um, but grief doesn't work like that and she was your mum for a very long time so obviously four years without her is actually not that much time in the relationship you had with her Mm -hmm. so I think it's perfectly okay to still find that raw and and so i'm 20 plus years mm. with my dad and i'm still talking about it mm. <laughs> and um, sometimes that can seem quite depressing because i think sometimes my guests think oh my god am i gonna in 20 years still we talk about it but not mm. everyone does a podcast about it so you, you might you, you might be right <laughs> um but i think it's like what you said um emily and camilla it's really you ex- your expectations of your grief are often very different to what the reality is. So your expectations is like, oh, four years, I'll be sad, but wistfully thinking, oh, well, mm-hmm. one of these, that's one of these. And actually, that's not how grief works. It comes, it goes, it smacks you over the head, it leaves again. Like, How do you feel, Jess? Are you feeling like it's a long time ago, or does it feel like still very raw and present?
3: I think it's still um, a little bit up and down. There's moments where... Yeah, it feels like four years, and that's really strange. And then moments when I don't understand what a year is anymore, or what yeah. time is, and yeah, it's it's very very strange. So our mum Jean, she was sixty six, and she died um, of a hemopericardium, which is like a type of heart attack. Um, mm. It's also known as aortic dissection. Well, what a lovely ble- image! Really yeah. horrible name. Definitely. But it's something a bit like an aneurysm or something like that. So okay. it's a very, very sudden kind of out of nowhere thing that happened mm-hmm. um, sh- with no kind of diagnosis of a heart condition or anything in her yeah. life. So she was just our mum and then just suddenly out of nowhere she died. And she she'd spoken about, I remember her saying the phrase kind of, you know, if you drop down dead tomorrow, kind mm, of thing. Yeah, and um, it was just—it was the most surreal thing to to go through, having no warning that anything mm. was wrong. And I think that's maybe part of why I still feel I'm kind of swimming in this surreal
1: sort yeah. of pool
3: of 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 accepting it. Almost, it felt so cruel. I mean, it's 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 cruel for anyone in it, any circumstance but it was it's like you're you're playing catch up with reality for quite a long yeah, time mm, when it's something mm. completely out of nowhere. Yeah, I think I think the first year was really just getting over the shock of it. Yeah, yeah just but trying to, even starting trying to, to, trying to believe that it had actually yeah. happened. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy thing to have that bolt from the blue. Mm. I remember playing like um sort of death Top trumps a lot yeah. in my head of like, <laughs> yeah. well, God. at least she didn't suffer, you know, mm-hmm. so I, she scores highly on that part. So, but I didn't get to say goodbye and there wasn't any warning. Hmm, so, okay, but but then at least this and like, yeah, but then that. And it just, yeah. you know, like, is it better to have it this way or that way? And it's, it kind of sucks whichever way you slice it. Yeah, doesn't. there's yeah, it's no just answer. Really. A different experience, but yeah, it's yeah. certainly a thing.
2: And I've spoken to so many people and there they are sort of two camps really obviously there's there's smaller tiny unusual situations but mostly there are the people who die from terminal illnesses and they watch them in pain and then there's the extremely sudden heart attack hit by a bus like phone call and as you said like neither wins. but Mm. i think i i totally did that top trumps we call it grief maths as well where you're like (laughs) Well, they had their mum or they had their dad for that long, but they didn't like them. So does that mean they're sad? <laughs> yeah, I did say that to them. They, I knew I, lo- I knew they loved me, but um, also, like you, you're yeah. always trying to make a logic of something that's illogical. Yeah, and I think it, it's such a common part of grief of like because especially when there's shock involved, you're trying to be like, well, what is, what is it? What is this? What is these mm. mad feelings? Like if I can ground them in like, oh, well, we didn't have that, and we didn't have this, you can sort of like, oh, I should feel this way then, like. Mm it sort of gives you a post to hang on to. Whereas grief is just such a tornado of feelings. There, There is, you feel like you, there's nothing to hold on to.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think um, the shock is such a big part of it. So with my dad, he had cancer, but he was diagnosed in February and dead by the April. So it was very, very quick. Obviously yeah. not, not as quick as a heart attack, but I was in shock for, year, for yeah. years, absolute yeah. years. Because how can, like, sounds so stupid, how can someone be there and then not be there? Like, mm-hmm. how, that doesn't make sense. So I think, I totally understand what you were saying. and yeah. like, and just the shock is just such a part of grief when it, it has been so sudden. Yeah. How did you find out? Did you literally get a phone call? Did one of you have to tell the others? Like,
3: we, we got a phone call. Um, and actually at the time, Millie... Camilla, as we're formally calling you. Um, My stage name, Camilla. <laughs> may, I, may I call you Mills? The artist formerly known as Camilla. <laughs> Mills was living in... Um, she was living in the US at the time. You and I were both in London. And so, yeah, so so Emily and me found out and went straight, straight to her.
2: Yeah.
3: But you couldn't get there till, you know, the next day. And actually, yeah, I think that was was another sort of s- surreal. We, yeah. we were discussing how I think you can go through the same experience, but it's different for everybody. And oh, you yeah. had yeah. a different experience, even within that experience, because you went there on the day, like the, the, the terrible day. And you weren't ca-
0: actually there. Yeah, and I think being physically so far away, it kind of felt all the more baffling, because Emily called me and told me I remember kind of waking up and seeing that there'd been some missed calls and I just felt a bit weird and Mm. you said like are you around and like are you alone like could you take yourself off or something and I was just like okay something weird has happened and you told me and I just kind of I didn't even like cry straight away I was just like you know the utter shock of it and yeah it felt even more surreal just because I'm however many thousands of miles away I felt so far away from all of you I of course just wanted to like be there and hug you guys and and the thought of like getting on a plane Mm. at that point I was like I can't even walk like I don't know how to And I I know it sounds so stupid, but I remember like I was kind of in a daze and I was with at my boyfriend's house and there were a few other people who were there as well. I remember being kind of like guided downstairs and like handed some water and I was all shaky. And I remember going to the loo and starting to count the things that were like the first things I'd ever done without a mum. Mm. Like this is my first wee that I've ever done without a mum. (laughs) This is the first time I'm washing my hands. It's the first time I'm looking in a mirror. This is... And just kind of, like... Oh, my God. It felt so... Yeah, it just... It felt so surreal to yeah. think that this is the first time I'm ever doing anything in the world without a mum. Because mm. yeah. it's always been this part of your life that you just assume is there, mm-hmm. and that's just a pillar. And, yeah, it's... It, yeah, absolutely, mad, and that shock of flying home, and and also kind of a, a bit of a not, I guess maybe guilt of again going through the same thing, but not having the same experience because you guys were mm. there and they were in the instant aftermath a bit of like people coming over in that twenty four hours and you know being there with everyone and I wasn't and Mm. I just kind of felt so bad that we weren't having for something so important that we weren't having exactly the same experience because us being able to support each other through it is has been so integral because we're the only ones that really know how it feels in this particular yeah. situation, you know, to lose that particular person in, yeah. in that role. And I'm so fucking grateful that we... We
3: all had different... You know, we all had individual relationships with our mum, obviously, but we were all really close. Mm-hmm. And I just... I thank the stars that that there is that because I was yeah. talking to someone the other day who had a really complicated relationship with her mother and Mm. her siblings had different relationships and and then when Mm. her mother died it was really really complicated yeah and we I I would sort of explain describe my grief as like very pure Mm. and and sort of
0: all of our griefs
3: as just like pure sadness and yeah. loss and just sort of devastation and sh- and shock, but there but at wasn't least it's like simple
0: in that in that respect. I yeah, suppose. it
3: was simple that we all just bloody loved her.
0: Mm. Yeah, and yeah, and there's <sighs> I, no like I, I'm so grateful for that. Or... Yeah,
3: yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Very lucky. I think yeah, I think
2: yeah we're
0: well lucky. we <laughs> <I'm lucked
2: out. laughs> this is it, isn't it? I think that's. I mean, oh, what you what you were describing, Mills. If I may call you Mills, you may, don't you may, you. <laughs> <laughs> Camilla. Um, I do I, I was joking. Um, <laughs> is that completely understanding that that shock and how your brain tries to process things? Like you know, when you're counting the first time, because your brain is just very gently sort of holding you by the hand as you're like ah. what Mm. and being like this is the first time this is this just very I think it's so interesting because your brain chose really small things yeah because if you could if you'd focused on the big I'm in America I'm not there your brain your head would have fallen off your body like it's too much but to go oh this is the first time I'm doing this I'm looking in the mirror it's like your brain just draws you on these tiny tiny little things so you Mm. can accept that and that and that and then get towards the bigger picture
0: yeah exactly and
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, shock is such a big part of it. I think also what you're all describing is so interesting, especially within a family, obviously talking to three sisters. The thing about grief is its togetherness and its isolation. Like mm. that is, it is, like we said, it's a really complicated beast. And you can, you know, like you said, you all understand Jean, the mum, because you all had that experience, but you all had different experiences because mm. you're not the same person. And I think that can be really hard for some people to to be like well why isn't my sibling crying like I am or why aren't they doing this because yeah Yeah. but you you do get you do have a completely different relationship this person despite them having raised you and and I've got two kids now and it's taken me to have two kids to understand like oh, I am such a different mum to the second one than I was to the first first one I'm sorry babes I didn't know what I was doing I really didn't know what I was doing and I can see like how I react to things that the second one does it's just a little bit calmer a little bit like, oh yeah yeah you're doing that I've been here before and you go like oh I see that that's where it begins you know that's where children being like oh mum's not stressy mum's relaxed and the other one being like what Yeah. mum is <laughs> Mama, always stressed and so and that's when it comes with grief it's so you know you I think it's amazing like you said that you have the support but equally you can be isolated with your feelings as well because you know you're in America or you're different you're not like all of that stuff mm. and I wonder isn't it funny I was thinking Camilla when you said like you weren't there it's funny like if you've grown up in the same house as people like that's your that's your childhood base it's like if something big happens it's almost like why isn't it exactly like it What like suddenly yeah. you realize oh we don't all live on the same floor mm. or next to each other in bedrooms like Things have changed, but somewhere in your brain you're like, no, I'm still, that person's still there. Mm-hmm. So for you to be in America must have been like, oh, hang on, what? I'm a grown-up. Like, and, and,
3: yeah, and we've had a very um, sort of extended, or well, like slow release from childhood in that sense because mm. we've chosen to work together and the, yes, the work yeah. we do involves so much travel and we literally are like often sharing beds and sharing rooms and sharing mm. like just so many things that that is was just the, exactly the same as childhood. And so, yeah. yeah, so that sense is still really strong. And so, yeah, the yeah. feeling of, like, well, I should have been there or whatever, yeah. and, or being left out or being... And also, is really strong still. Also, the, like, the family home, the home that we grew up in, mum was still living in that house. Yeah. And so we still had bedrooms with all our stuff in it for when we'd come yeah. and stay. And we had all lived there and moved away at some point and inevitably at some point you get dumped and you move back home with your mum or (laughs) or whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And there was always that home base um yeah. not as in not as in the shop home base but literally <laughs> there's um,
0: always home base in Watford like always always she did um she did frequent home base quite a lot in the
2: show.
3: <laughs> and TK. it's what max. she would have
0: wanted Yeah, yeah, yeah. She oh, wanted. T, the max who doesn't yeah. love the max she always yeah. took it to the max
3: but even tk Maxx, <laughs> there's there's places like marks and spencer TK yeah. Maxx. I could not go there. I couldn't go, I couldn't Aww. go into Marks and Spencers for probably the first two years. And it feels
0: like oh. such a silly thing, doesn't it? Because it's so trivial. It's just going to a fucking shop. But you, but you see a woman oh, of a similar me. age,
3: like looking yeah. through some, looking nice at the sale and you just think, "Oh my god, oh. that's her. That's that would be what she was yeah. doing." And oh, kill me. Yeah. yeah,
0: I cried recently walking past some, um, as in yeah, in Marks and Spencer, and it just like. Kind of like what you were saying before of how it can sometimes just come out of nowhere like a mm. freight train, and you're not expecting it at all. But I walk past these like little um, cheese and onion crisp bakes. Oh, <laughs> that, exactly that were there. the ones that you bought for yeah, me, <gasps> and they're like the most lovely, like comforting thing. And Mum, if we came back from tour or something, or if I came back to visit from the states, she'd be like, oh, "I got you something." crisp bakes because you love them don't you and they'd, really, they'd always be <laughs> in the freezer but i saw them and was just like oh <gasps> i <I'm> just suddenly <laughs> was hit by this like wall of fresh hell but yeah. it's kind of it's one of those things maybe when it has been a certain amount of time as hard as it is having those random waves or seemingly random waves of grief is sometimes they kind of feel quite welcome Mm -hmm. and feel almost, like, comforting in a very strange way because it's reminding you of that person and you feel almost a little bit closer to that person and it's giving you a chance to kind of dip into that well of love and feeling you have towards that person. Yeah. That you can't sustain all the time you can't constantly check in with it or i find it hard to constantly check in with it yeah it has its own rhythm of when it you know when the waves come and that can yeah be different between the three of us it's like different at different times of the year (laughs) it's like a hum in the background that's always there yeah and if you've
3: had it with like something like a tv and you turn it off at the wall and you realize oh now the room is silent but before there was this like small hum that I, didn't I didn't even, even notice that it was just there all the time and i think that's what it's like and then sometimes you just really pay attention to it and it it becomes a very loud noise mm. rather than this just like constant kind of yeah fuzz in the background That's so true yeah, but- i remember um like missing i think after the first year or Maybe the second, or maybe the maybe it was the third anniversary. I can't remember. I I remember kind of almost missing the first year,
2: yeah,
3: and wanting yeah. to be back in that. Even though it was the worst, like the most pain I've ever
2: it's been in,
3: apart from childbirth, mm, yeah. maybe. But um, <laughs> it, it, it's simple, and it's also it's enormous, and it should be enormous mm. because something enormous happened, and I sort of felt. Or like safe in that or something well it just was representative and I felt a little bit like I shouldn't be able to think about her and and just be fine
0: now yeah.
3: I want to <clears throat> still be like weeping and wailing because because the thing that has happened is still enormous and and has changed my life forever and I, and I sort of the more it hurt, the more at least I, I felt close to it mm, because mm. it had only just happened, and so it was so raw and so fresh mm. because she I only spoke to her a week ago, and mm. and then suddenly yeah. when it's when you're counting years and you're not there anymore, you kind of it's it's, it's weird. It's like you don't want to be in pain, but you kind of there yeah. there is a comfort in that as well yeah, that,
2: again it's so so common and we just don't talk about it but that first year is awful awful terrible yeah. it's not like you're like mm, where should i go today mm, that first year yeah. um, it, but it's really clear i'm in pain everyone knows i'm in pain mm. and i'm in pain because this person i love just died right now they just died and so you know what to do it's like well i'm not gonna reply to your silly message or go out to a party i'm gonna grieve like yeah. everything, i know what i'm supposed to be doing <clears> and, <throat> yeah it's fine, we're talking the day after the Queen's funeral. And obviously I was thinking, like watching yesterday, it's like everything's so clear. It's what you're meant to do. Like we're all walking, we're all sad. Mm. Everyone's marching, guns, yes, clear. And what what we're so bad at, I think, is like what you're describing, um, Emily, is the three years down the line. How do I yeah still keep that feeling of sadness without... But I'm I'm at a party and I'm working mm. and I'm looking after kids and I'm, and people would look at me and go, "She's fine and yeah. like, all day they would you would have said, oh, I didn't break d-. like I could walk, my knees worked mm, <laughs> like, yeah. I laughed it's and that's and I think it's, it's really it's so interesting what what grief does and how it moves it's such a mercurial thing that at the beginning it's just like it's like you said a really loud noise you can't switch that telly off yeah. and then you get the ability to switch it off and then also it also even though you have the ability to switch it off it sometimes whacks you around the head yeah. when you're like hang on I just turned you off that's not <laughs> so it's it's such an uncontrollable thing. It doesn't stop being uncontrollable. Yeah. The waves just get further apart. Mm. So that's yeah. the thing is like year one, like hourly, you can be hit around the face with agony. Yeah. Uh, like mi- but minute by minute, it's like, oh God, and that and that. And then three years down the line, it might be like every three months. And then, you know, I'm 20 mm. plus years and I can go for years without something really kicking me. Mm. And then suddenly it'll be like, oh God, like, wow, I haven't felt like that for four years, but that, oh damn it that's a thing he would have really yeah, loved yeah. so it's the gaps get bigger but it, and I think you get better at managing it but it's it doesn't it doesn't dis- magically disappear but mm-hmm. I I know what you mean Emily with that first year it's just I think also that's why sometimes people find it hard to to not let go because you don't let go of it but they find it hard to move away from that first year because it feels like you're closer to them yeah and there's a guilt yeah, yeah. isn't there of like oh I stop crying every day do yeah, I not care. Obviously, it's not the case. Yeah. But somehow in your head, it's like, oh, yeah. Am I moving away? F- I'm moving away from them somehow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's either kind of a a thing of. I do, I do find that guilt does come into it quite a lot, which is a useless thing when it comes to grief. But yeah, it's either. I've definitely felt guilty before when it's like, oh my God, I forgot for a second there in mm-hmm. the early days and you're not crying all the time and it's like, oh fuck, does that mean that I don't really care or I'm a bitch or something like that and then yes. on the other hand yes, obviously <laughs> <laughs> thank you for clearing that up um, <laughs> but there's also the kind of guilt of say it being four years down the line for us and thinking like I should, I should be okay because it's not the obvious like mourning period that has finished, it's real life now and if you are still like struggling with certain bits or having times when you are beating around the head yeah, you can be a bit cruel to yourself and say like you should be okay by now come on, it's been four years and you like your inner voice can be really mean and not very caring and I think sometimes it comes down to that I think there's a need that people have when there's a hard feeling whether it's like general mental health stuff or whether it's a trauma like grief there's always a need to like fix it yeah and to have like a a final point where then you'll be fine yeah and it's really hard to accept that certain things just aren't like that and they're things that you have to live with and deal with and it's about accepting them and addressing them on a semi-regular basis or allowing it to happen and that's that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong yeah it's just some things don't have an answer and people say you know you should go and see a grief counsellor or something and it's like well
3: my mum died, like, four months ago. I think it's yeah. just normal that I'm really upset. Yeah, yeah. And that, you should oh really God. get that fixed. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> you, you just thought about seeing someone. It's like, well, she died, you know, from this completely out-of-the-blue thing. So I'm thinking, you know, is that going to happen to me? Yeah, of and course. I think, and, yeah, and I'm just upset and life is not great right now. And so, but people want to help find a way to mm. fix things. Mm. And there is just time is a healer it doesn't fix it but it does help and that's the only thing I would say because I've listened to this podcast before and actually only started listening after mum died and it really helped so much yeah me too hearing people further down the line and thinking like I can get through this I can survive there are people that walk amongst us (laughs) who've been through what I've been through and they're okay and they've gone on to have like good lives and and just be and live with it but that's that's the one thing i would say to anyone going through it is that you know it does you will you will be okay but it will change you and your grief won't ever go away but it, it's not like that first year forever. It's not.
2: Because yeah. it, it yeah. couldn't
3: be. Humanity yeah, wouldn't go on <laughs> if everyone was like that, with they?
2: I can you <laughs> imagine what, what Marks and Spencer's would look like?
0: Just lots of weeping <laughs> women being like... Ah! A sea of crying women. Because we all
2: love Mark. We all go there. And if all, if any of us go, it's going to be a big trigger remember for lots of people. So yeah. Yeah, it will just be weeping in the aisles. I yeah. mean, <laughs> maybe we'd buy more stuff. I don't know. <laughs>
3: Drying your
0: eyes
2: on some cashmere. was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also... Oh, I'll pay for it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we were saying with the with the funeral um, for the Queen and, and this kind mm. of national mourning, that's how I felt when Mum died. I wanted yeah. the world to stop. I wanted all the shops to close. I wanted yeah. all the curtains to be drawn. And this, I suppose it's like this Victorian idea of mourning or whatever. But well, She would have loved a gun salute, wouldn't she? She would have <laughs> loved it. <Yeah. to>.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> she loved it. But it was like, I remember in the morning the day after you know d day or whatever um these fucking builders across the road started like oh, drilling no. at like <laughs> 7 in the morning and i was just no. like how can you be up how can you not know how can Fuck you not know does. how disrespectful mm. this is to this household and obviously they like, it's nothing to do with them and seeing people kind of walking down the street with a dog and a coffee and, like, how the fuck are you up yeah. doing this shit? Yeah. And you My want, world has ended. And, and you want to wear black and you want to wear... You know when yeah. um, you get those um, baby on board badges? You That's can wear exactly yeah, the yeah. You want to have, like, a... I'm grieving badge on. We used so to sell them. Knows. I used to sell them. that said, "Yeah, be kind. I'm
2: grieving." Yeah. Oh my, but oh my I kind god. Of, yeah, I was running the operation myself, and it got a bit much.
0: But we had like,
2: <laughs> I just couldn't cope because so many people wanted them. That's I had them, so great. An artist called Camille idea. Bazzini designed them for me, and they're so like they're so beautiful and it, yeah it was like two hands reaching out and it said please be kind i'm grieving so you could wear it and so that if somebody People obviously would know. saw it in the white right, on the right day and they could were in the club perhaps they would be like oh hey you know me too oh. and hope you're okay so you could signal like by the way be gentle oh. and that is the you know the big thing that we 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 have lost with the victorian mourning period i mean it that obviously had its own problems mm. but it was that idea of like the world being like I mean, like if it'd been Victorian times, you would have had a huge black wreath outside your door and maybe mm. those builders would have gone, oh, let's wait till a quarter past seven. Like, you know, yeah, we would have been aware of it and we and we don't have that. And it's funny what you're saying because the people who lost people during lockdown had it. So the world had stopped yeah, and mm. it, and they all of them, most of the ones I've spoken to said they actually, they liked it because they were mm. like, yeah, good, good. There's no one out there. Nothing's open, yeah. nothing's happening. And I just get to grieve. Um, and I felt really similar when my dad died of like, how are people, how are people, I, it's when you see them in a shop, isn't it? Or laughing or doing something, you, like getting the bus, talking to their friends, like, how are you doing? Like, mm. your brain can't comprehend it. And But I actually think having gone through the lockdown, one of the things I appreciated was that life was there very loudly for mm. me. And I think, actually, it's quite useful because what it does, builders digging, people with their coffee, is it's a constant reminder you're going you're gonna to do that. But you don't want to hear that at the beginning. You're like, no, I'll never, I'll mm. never laugh again. <laughs> but actually, it's quite good that the world keeps going, you will see them. That's what life looks like. That's what you're going back to. You're not going to stay here. Yeah. But that is very hard, as you said, when you just want the weeping and wailing bit and you just your heart is, you know, like on the floor.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the music so obviously you were a band long before you know you had to deal with this very successful amazing band i love i love your music so much oh thank Aww, you thanks. i am such a yeah god that was actually a big because i think when we first started emailing was during a lockdown mm. yeah and i started listening to it and i was like this is yes yes this is what i need like really <laughs> heartfelt Aww. emotional music um but i know that is it the last album was very much sort of influenced by, is that right? Well, the by... last
3: album, we put an album out in lockdown called yeah. Good Woman and the album was started before mum died. And actually right. we got quite far down that road and then she died and we kind of down tools. We tried to sort of carry on for a bit and we just realised that we needed time. Yeah. And I guess we were, yeah, fortunate enough that we could sort of give ourselves a bit of a break. One of the drawbacks of being in a... Um, of all going through the same thing together and working mm. together... Yeah. ..is that it's f- almost fucking impossible to yeah. work. <laughs> because, <laughs> because if one of you is having a good day and, yeah. like, right, OK, I think I can... Do some work today, guaranteed. One of the other two yeah. will be having like a cry day, yeah. Yeah. and then it was just like the fucking wheels were falling off. Yeah, and if you were in a normal band, as in not a family band, it would only be happening to one member of the band. Yeah, and the rest yeah. could kind of carry them through. Yeah, and um, so yeah, it became quite clear that we just needed some time, and then we kind of came out of the woodwork, I suppose, at the end of 2019 and finished the album. So we did end up writing a couple of songs, or a few songs, after she died. Yeah. And that was another, like, you know, first thing. Yeah. First time I sung again, I remember the first time I played the guitar, first time I wrote a song. But there were some that I'd written about her, and I just felt like they mean a lot to me, but I don't actually know if they're, like, amazing
2: songs. Yeah, like Like, the poetry of... Teenage mm. years, isn't it? It's like Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I feel this is amazing, but the rest of the world might might mm. not be ready
3: for my metaphors. Yeah. But. And I'm very much still in this this fog of the early days yeah. of grief and everything seems like amazing, like art and beautiful and like the world and like molecules colliding, man, and all this <laughs> shit. And then maybe they weren't great. So I think we end weirdly ended up with probably one song that was very directly about her. But the rest weren't and I remember thinking at the time like have we sort of done her a disservice by not suddenly making the album about her? But it was too a- soon. again. It was that catch up thing yeah. of like those songs are going to come, and actually this isn't the time, and it's not the record because um, it is too soon. Yeah. But we yeah we we put it out. We finished it twenty nineteen. We were going to put it out twenty twenty, and then the coronavirus started spreading around the world. Um, so we didn't put it out then. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah, by the time we put it out, I think it was 2021, we'd gone into another lockdown, even though we'd put yeah, ourselves in forced lockdown it before. It was like third lockdown, I think, yeah, wasn't it? Was it, it? Right, and I was God like, sake.
2: yeah, it was like yeah. time for some heartfelt music. We had, like, Here we go again. Yeah. We'd, <laughs> we'd, we'd <laughs> been self. in a,
3: our own grief lockdown that we'd just yeah. come out of, and then we were shoved into a global lockdown. So it was a really surreal time. And by that point. Good, though. like by March 2020 it was only like a year and a half after had died and I remember we didn't live together or anything and felt so weird all over again Mm. Mm -hmm. like like this surreal thing where that stop all the clocks you know kind of idea of the world has stopped but I'd just sort of been there and done that and so it yeah. was a kind of prolonged
2: mm. that's tough you were just ready for like okay I can go out on a Friday night and and I'll have a drink and yeah, yeah I think I'll be okay this time like rather than like no there's no way and then the world went I can't Coming go back out home. Hibernation. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I just done that yeah that, that's that's really tough isn't it you're like I'm sort of ready to face the hello yeah, <laughs> yeah. everyone gone inside yeah that's <laughs> and I talked to a lot of people actually, and I felt this as well i mean i 've had this lots of times because he died so long ago, but every time there's a big thing that they don't see mm. it, it it sort of not brings the grief back, but it, it's just like um a sharpening, isn't it? Because yeah, definitely. You're like, I remember like the first big thing was um, weird thing to mention, but the, the twin towers because he died in 1998.
3: Yeah, oh gosh, and I remember no. being like,
2: wow, that's a thing he has no idea about. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. There's a world. Not only am I moving like the world is moving really fast without yeah. them. And the same with yeah coronavirus. Yeah. The pandemic. You're sort of like oh wow they don't know that's happened and it's it sort of makes them that mark in the sand that you have of where they live and where you live like even more like defined i guess yeah i completely understand that
3: yeah and we so i now live in our family home and yeah there's there's things like you know when mum first died everything was the same apart from she wasn't there all her things are there that you know if she could have just materialized everything would have just been the same she could have just slotted yeah. back in you knew exactly what she'd say yeah about any given situation and mm-hmm. things like that and then yeah the more the more that things change either you know I move in and change the way a room is laid out and we yeah. clear out some of her stuff to make room for some of my stuff and, and that's all fine but it's like it's changing and then yeah big kind of world events they all change the world and make it harder for you to imagine that she could just slot straight back in because it's like oh but she we'd have to figure out we often have conversations what would she have said about the (laughs) queen (laughs) dying what would she have said about (laughs) the pandemic what would she have thought of because i just want to talk
0: to her about it yeah just like shoot the shit a little bit yeah like that's it's it's kind of as well as all these things of it, just like being sad, it's also just annoying. Oh god, it's yeah. so annoying. <laughs> For sake? can I just talk to you about it? It's so oh, fucking no. annoying. <clears throat> yeah. My main feeling now is just
3: being really pissed off. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> there's a constant feeling of something's not right. Yeah. I'm ill at ease. I've forgotten my keys, or I've forgotten I've yeah. forgotten something and I can't remember. what i, I meant feel every feel like now I've and forgotten then. to write back to someone on a on a text. Oh, or every no. now and something. then, you remember. It's like oh, it's because that's missing because she's mm. missing
2: oh that's oh. such a lovely way to um yeah capture because I know exactly what you think and the annoyance <laughs> I don't think <even laughs> talk about it enough like I'm mean, like no, yeah. I was like furious furious I was so furious how how dare he bloody die what I need him here like just so irritating <laughs> that and someone you were, would...
3: you were young as well which I was, yeah, I was 15 yeah I was 15 so experience. I was like yeah I, I was young
2: yeah. but that feeling of just and my dad was very um full of information and he was one of those people that if you ever needed to know why does da, 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 why oh, did that yeah. country he would just know. If you ask my mom mm. she's like, oh, I don't bloody know. And now we have Google, thank God. Because that was basically he was Google. And I remember just the amount of times I was like, I wonder why the moon oh, no one to ask. Why does a bank <laughs> account take like these things you just think, oh, I just wanna Yeah. And you I guess it's sort of part of growing up is that you you have to you have to figure these things out yourself. Yeah. But it's hard because not everyone does. You know, some people live, I mean, Charles has both his parents in their 90s, like talking to the royals, like Ugh. there's lots of people in the world who who keep their parents for a long time. So mm. it, is, it isn't quite fair to say it's growing up because not everybody has to do it. But there is something in you that when, you know one of the parents or both the parents goes kind of yeah significantly shifts mm. yeah oh i have to do that now do i i have to say it's going to be okay yeah mm. damn it i, I got pregnant um six months after mum died oh that's tough
3: and um lovely but it, also tough it, it was really tough <laughs> you got knocked up i got knocked <laughs> up <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so speaking of things that change and things yeah, that you wish you could massive. ask your parents, yeah. um, mm. it was. So this is still within the first year, and it was it was a really rough pregnancy anyway because yeah. I was really sick throughout. Oh um, God! And I was yeah just still reeling from mum and it was just it was just awful it was like it was it was so bad and everyone's oh you must be so excited you're having a baby I was like I just want to disappear Mm. throw up and lie
2: down yeah Yeah. it was just
3: awful um and yeah and I remember going to going into boots and like trying to get my head around like okay I guess I'm gonna have to buy some like nappies and oh, i don't know you. whatever like a kid needs and just every other in the sort of ba- mother and you know baby department yeah. every fucker in there was a heavily pregnant woman holding hands with their mother
1: oh. and i just
3: cried and had to like leave yeah. and it's very like becoming a mother is very mother centric there's so yeah. many yeah. women with their them i couldn't do it without my mom and and I just craved asking her, like, what was it like with, when you were pregnant with me? What did yeah, you do? What did...? Yeah. And and then as soon as I had my daughter, Maggie, weirdly, it it was hard because I really longed for, and I still long for her, to, for, to hear my mum say, like, oh, that was just what you used to do when you were little. Yeah. And, oh, God, oh, I know, mine was terrible after that. And, <laughs> you know, all of those things. Um but it also was a bit of a godsend because it did snap me out of, mm. um, it, it literally like yanked me out of a pit of grief yeah. Yeah. and mm. forced me to be present yeah. and to be, I don't know. You, just, you have to get up every day, you have to do things yeah. when you have mm. a child but it kind of affected all of us in that way I think she was a little light wasn't she that came out of such a dark time yeah and there's there's a there's a sense of being present with a baby in particular when you have those moments when you're holding them and they're maybe asleep in your arms you can't really do anything else yeah and it's quite meditative in those calm times yeah yeah when you can just you just sort of breathe in and out and you just be and you think god there's not actually many times in life when I'm doing that and also
0: you're looking at this thing that is a completely clean slate and that it you can physically see them learning everything for the first time like their faces moving and like oh that's how (laughs) that's how I look before I sneeze or like twitching (laughs) dreaming about tits or something just like it's yeah it's quite uh centering
3: At, at, at you know at the best of times it's it's that but I think it's it, all I, like that. That was my entire experience of. But
0: no <laughs> <at the> downsides <laughs> at all.
2: <laughs> just meditative, it's just just wonderful. Lovely. Yeah,
3: yeah. But do you know what? Just to go off on a, just to go back to what you were saying before, mm-hmm. Carrie, had about your dad. Um, just to shout out to our dad, who is still with us. Um, our dad, Rupert. It really reminded me of dad when you said the person. Yeah, you always same. Ask, yeah. You always ask, and they always know.
2: Yeah. What's going on with Russia then? Why... Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: right. why, why are they so annoyed? Why are they doing that? Because that's You're not their that's not their country, is it? Yeah. But there was I a know. revolution. What was going on before then? And like, well, and pull yeah. pull a book off the shelf that yeah. he knows about this yeah. and that and and we we lost our grandma. So my dad's mum, Maggie. Oh yeah. Um, two weeks before Mum died. Oh god. She was
2: ninety
3: eight. Wow. And she and we. A, we adored her. She was she was brilliant. She was amazing, and um, she was really old. And it it wasn't obviously wasn't a tragedy in the same yeah, way. Yeah. It was something that everyone knew was coming. She'd lived a long <clears throat> healthy life until the very end. She was in a care home, um, and yeah, it, you're not going to live much longer beyond ninety eight. So it, it wasn't a kind of tragedy in the same way. But I was really shocked when I found out and I remember dad saying I'm an orphan now Aww, yeah. and it was really weird thinking god yeah you are even though you're my dad you're still just a person who's lost yeah. you know he lost, our granddad had yeah. died a long time ago but he's lost his mum and it's just that kind of yeah that that weird thing of of um it can happen to you at any age and obviously it's not the same as being a child losing your parent but it was that funny thing of like, I saw him as a kid again and
2: yeah.
3: and even, you know, we're all grown ups and we've been raised by our parents. We're to, you know, step out into the world and be okay. We don't need them to hold our hands through everything. You know, literally we can get through life, but you always still feel like a kid and you need yeah. your mum and dad. And I remember in lockdown, I burnt my finger on like the oven or something. And you know, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm really shocked. And you're like, wait, Am I supposed to run it under the tap, or Wasn't there a thing where you supposed to actually wrap it in clinker film and I'll call mum and i like, I can't call mum. <laughs> Mum's the person I'd call about these stupid things. I'm a woman in my 30s. I don't need to call my mum when I've burnt my finger I burnt my elbow. finger! But it's those weird, you feel like a child again sometimes when yeah. you need your mum. And not to mention, you know, being pregnant, obviously. Um, well, I had a funny thing, a funny thought the other day, which was a sort of a different perspective on grief where a kind of like a more selfish perspective on grief right <laughs> this is making a lot of sense basically um I was thinking that you know I miss mum and um and then I was like but there's also it's like I miss parts of myself mm. that no longer have an outlet mm, like there yeah. was there were parts of myself that only came out when I was with her. Yeah. That that yeah. something about our relationship shone a light on a particular side of me, the the person the person I was when I was with her. Yeah. And there isn't anyone else that I'm like that with. Mm. And there isn't anyone else who will ever get to see I don't know that sort of I, I can't describe it just no, like a, it's, it's like exactly a, little, a little light has sort of gone out mm. inside my being and there's like a little sort of dark corner that that will never have any
2: yeah. Yeah.
3: light shone on it again because the person that ignited that
2: is gone doesn't exist mm. anymore i did an um, episode with philippa perry oh i which, love her and, yeah you should listen to it because she describes it much better than i'm going to re-describe it now <laughs> mm. but she said that exactly that that grief is always you're always in two people are always in relationship and that relationship only exists between those two people Mm. so you know what you said is a great example like you can have but equally you can have you know some friends you're very serious with and some friends you're like party 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 and like they sort of don't see the other side and if you lose you know the serious friend or a mother like that element that connection between the two people is gone forever and that's what you're grieving is the relationship you had one on one really. Yeah. And that's why even a family can grieve so differently, because everybody has a different connection. And even yeah. though you can like you said, you all have the experience of her as mum, individually it was different. And that like I completely understand what you're mm. Yeah, the way you're describing it, Emily, is so nice of like there is that that light or that way you express it or the things that you take to that person. Oh, this happened remember <laughs> Like, mm. why did that happen? And you can be a very unfiltered version of yourself mostly with a parent, yeah. can't you? don't have to think, oh, I hope they um, don't judge you for this because you don't care. Like, oh God, who cares? Anyway, yeah. this happened to me, I'm so cross and they go, okay, okay. And yes. that's a really healthy, that's what it should be. Obviously not everyone has that, but that's a really healthy parental child relationship that you can just take your your worst and best self to them in all its messages like look what do I do and they go maybe try this and you go I'm not going to listen to you anyway
0: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) and that's like that's a lovely yeah and when they're gone you are that is what I think that's what grief is you're mourning that you're mourning oh I'll never get to just yeah that like you said that part of me that they ignited is is not there and I think what's hard hard but what the process of grief sometimes is it's like it's not that that part is gone forever it's that it needs to be sort of (laughs) recategorized and find a new place for it and it might be dark at the moment and eventually like you might be able to put a candle there or you might be able to like dust it a little and yeah yeah and it will never, ever be the same. Mm. But mm. somehow it will express itself in a different way. Or like you said, you see a cheese and onion bake and yeah. that reminds you of it. And then it reminds you of somebody who cared about you so much. And you think, oh, well, I'm good at caring about people because mm. they cared about me. And exactly, it's, yeah. it becomes more, it yeah. becomes more nuanced. But, I, but it never stops being sad that it's not what it was. It's just, yeah. Hard. It's just yeah. hard.
3: Yeah. I think going, going back to what we were saying as well about the album and you know it not being about mum but what I I meant to say actually was that just by the fact that it's the three of us making music together she is in that just inherently you know she was our champion she really was Mm -hmm. I mean of the three of us as individuals but of us together as a band and she was like she was our biggest fan really miss talking about music with her, She loved yeah, music, was yeah. such a good yeah. music fan. She was oh. always kind of buying CDs and like checking stuff out that she'd been recommended way more than me and I'd be like, I don't know, I haven't listened to anything in like <laughs> 10 years, like still listening to Neil Young she's Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well you need to check out Stormzy and you need to check out this new record by David Byrne and I'd be like, oh, okay, shit, right, yeah. And she had a finger on the pulse and she really cared about like pop culture mm. and art and she uh, mum and dad have been so supportive of of us from forever really of just wanting us to be happy and to do what makes us happy and I think that when music kind of started amongst us and it became clear that you know it was a hobby at first and we'd sing together and it was really fun and then it got to that point of like we're gonna like actually try and do it and there's like there's been some like industry people sniffing around and I think we might get a record deal and they were just there for that whole journey, like every gig they'd drive to, every like time I'd load all my guitars and amps in the back of the car, and can you give us a lift to the station? Can you give us a lift here and there? Like, they were doing everything, and I remember like doing a gig at the pub and being like, Mum, I've left my capo at home. She'd be like, right, and like run back and grab it. Um, and all these things, I'm like, have you got your jack leads? Have you got your capos, picks, strings, and all this stuff that she'd... And we used to use the house as a dump for like all our gear oh, in this spare room. And you'd have like oh. tour managers at like two in the morning driving us back from a festival. Loading and, like, everything back into the house. Loading in drum kits and stuff while she sort of come down the dressing car. Oh <laughs> like, bless you guys her. We were like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. Um, it was just like she was so, so in the fabric of everything, and I think she was so proud and she was always sort of checking the socials and seeing like, oh so-and-so's tweeted this about you. You should really write back to them and it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, it's God, like, Can you you shut up. It? It's like no, <laughs> we're on tour, we're in a pub, leave us be. And it's like that whole, yeah, that sort of that cheerleader or whatever, that champion. Mm. It's it's not gone because it literally is cannot in us, go. and it yeah. cannot yeah. go. You can't erase that that love, but, no, but
2: you can miss it. But you can fucking
3: miss mm. it exactly, yeah. exactly.
2: Oh god, yeah. I, I could talk to you for ages, and I just thinking I could, I could stop. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like, she sounds like a proper good mum. Like, you can tell. The fact that the three of you choose to work together. (laughs) That is a good sign of being brought up in a very kind, loving household. Because, my God, like, if you hadn't been, you would not be to sing together. Um, So, she sounds like a proper good egg. Oh, thank thank you you so so much. Jess, Emily, and... Miller slash Mills, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so Dave, much for having us. You. If you want to know more about the Staves and when they're gigging, you can head to their Instagram at the Staves or they're on Twitter at the Staves Music. You can find more information about the Griefcast on Twitter and Instagram at the Griefcast. Um, you can also pre-order the book You Are Not Alone from all good bookshops. The show was recorded remotely. It was edited by Kate Holland. Music was provided by the Glue Ensemble, stop-motion animation by Alice Loveday. Remember, you're not alone.
1: Hold up!